This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ag thirty. What's up, sir? What's going on, yeah, man? I just get act- I just get activated. I get it turned on. You know, the sound and everything. <laughs> you're on. You're live, Amon Green. I. How you guys doing down there, Matt? I'm doing good, man. Was Santa nice to you? Did you get everything you wanted on your Christmas list, Amon? Santa was very nice. Uh, I was just telling Nelly that uh, you know he said he made a, you know he's getting old when he knows he's not getting certain things on his uh, Christmas list. So I'm like, did you? I, I asked, him, did you make a list? He's like, no. I'm like, see, you made your first mistake there. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make a Christmas list. I had my Christmas list ready before Thanksgiving. Wasn't a whole lot of items. I think I had like five or six things. A couple of them were video games and like what? Um, it was uh, Outer Worlds and Borderlands Three. Oh, I'm on. I got Borderlands Three. I beat it. Yeah, I beat we Death Stranding. Up. I beat Death Stranding the other day too. It was sick. Ooh, I finished uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Hey, how was that? I should I get that? I'm thinking about getting it. Get it. It was a good get game. It. Check it out. It was fun. Nice ending and everything. So. Happy to be on right now with you guys today. I know my Joe, my man Joe is over in lacrosse, got a wrestling match. I'm also streaming live from my Twitch channel, Amon Green TV. So that's twitch.tv forward slash Amon Green TV. Check it out. If you uh, have access, you know of Twitch, you know what it is. But we have uh, week 17. No, wait, wait, wait. before we get into this, Evo, what do you get? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Amon, uh, Jenny got me, so I got a, um, I've been wanting a record player for a long time, so I finally got a record player and some vinyl. I got a six, I, I got a 65 inch TV, Amon, for my, my wow. little man cave gaming room. It like takes up the whole freaking room, dude. It's sick. So I, Dang, I've been, dude. um, I've been uh, just that. So not too much. I didn't ask for much. And then, um, I got some socks too. I love the socks. I'm wearing them right now. They're comfortable. What, what's on the socks? You gotta be like nothing. Nothing. Just black socks. I'm on black, like okay. Costco socks. They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Are they comfortable? Yeah, they're very they comfortable. Work. Nelson's got his new flannel on today. He's looking very nice, handsome, and charming okay. as usual. Also, the Costco special. Also from Costco. Oh man, Costco nice. is where it's at, dude. I'm telling you. No name brand stuff, but very. Has, I think very Dude, Kirkland's totally name brand. What are you talking about? Kirkland. Come on, I'm on. They make you can get your socks, your flannels, your vodka, your your everything. Your you can get your beer. Yeah, your beer, your jeans. Kirkland's got everything, I'm on. It's the oh, Costco yeah. brand. You you're right. <laughs> they 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 try to take over in the uh, bulk item per, uh, purchasing. Hey Amon, bef- I, I don't want to get your take on it right now, but I want to like you to think about it. Did you see Rise of Skywalker? Of course. All right. Rise of Skywalker. Can I get your Michael, review coming up, like later in the show? Yes, we can talk about it. That's what we do this show for, is to talk about Packer football, movies and video games and cover books, okay? Love and then it. this is in that category, <laughs> all right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's get back in. Let's get into this Packer football. So we got week 17. The guys, the boys are 12-3, and 5-2 and two on the road, so they're back on the road versus the, the hurting, hurting Detroit Lions. They're 11-3-1. and one. They're two and five at home, uh, so that's the matchup coming up. We'll talk about that a little later. But recap uh, real quick of last week's game against Minnesota Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium. It was a tough start for the boys um, down there. Defense reigned supreme as I as we talked about last week. Minnesota being one of the top defenses in the NFL showed their strength early, um, holding the Packers to uh, not a lot of points and then um, forcing them into turnovers. So. 
one of the turnover things that I talk about every week is win a turnover battle. Um, and actually watching the game and looking at the stats, the boys, the Packers lost the turnover battle. It was three to one. It was an interception and two lost fumbles all in the first half. But as we watched, if you stayed with the game, which I'm pretty sure every Packer fan did, including myself and Ebo and Nelly yeah. there, uh, the boys came back in the second half. So looking at the player stats there, Aaron Jones had a big day. He's getting closer to my record, which I'm very uh, humble to to definitely see because, you know, I, I have my name on the, on the books there, and it's going to be most likely one jump over in his next game against the uh, Alliance. So he had 23 carries, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers had a decent day, no touchdowns, but he had 20. He was 26 for 40, 216 yards and an interception, sacked three times. So he got roughed up a little bit. You know, they just getting them ready for the playoffs. That's all that is. <laughs> and then, and then Devontae Adams led all Packer receivers with with 13 receptions, 116 yards. He started off fast, and that was the fast start that we mentioned last week. For these guys being on the road, take the crowd out of it, get up fast, but then they weren't getting in the end zone and they were committing turnovers. So it was a little worry there. You know, it was like, oh man, they are starting fast, getting the ball up and down the field, but not scoring touchdowns, kick a few field goals here by Mason. But it was like, you got to get that ball in the end zone because we know how strong Minnesota defense is and they're in the playoffs. So they're just going to take a little chink on the uh, chink in the armor before they get to the playoff season. But something for them is uh, kind of a wake-up notice because they might have to face the Packers again later on down the line. You never know. So, Amon, I have to ask you, man. So, I mean, you, you yeah. kind of brought up Aaron Jones there, um, and I want to get your take on it because only one Packers running back has ever scored 20 touchdowns in a single season. Do you want to remind people who that was? Yeah, no, I did. I, did, I, I mentioned that already. Yeah, me, I mean, do you, do you want to remind me. them again? It was who? It was, it was myself. It was Amon Green. Uh, it was AG 30. Amon Rashad Green uh, uh, from Helling from Nebraska. <laughs> Cornhusker. <laughs> so, like I said, very I'm very excited for him, you know, because I know what that meant for the team, me scoring points on the ground. It uh, it gave – it took a lot of uh, stress. I say a lot of – she had stress off of the quarterback position, so off of Aaron, you know, or off of Brett when I was playing. But off of Aaron now – where you got to see, you know, Aaron is not putting up his crazy Madden number stats. He's just being a bright, more of a running the line in terms of a numbers quarterback right now, in terms of his stats, not not his overall uh, work of uh, his career, but just overall stats right now, just kind of right down the line because he has a running game. Matt LaFleur and uh, coaches there have been able to plan where they get the run game going right away. They don't mess around. You get the ball to Aaron Jones, you get Jamal Williams into the game right away, and that just lets the defense know. That puts the defense on notice, saying, you know, we're going to run the ball. Regardless of what your defense is, yes, y'all the best in the league right now, top ten, the top five, whatever, we're going to still establish the run game because Matt LaFleur knows, along with the you know every other coach in the NFL, if you don't establish the run and you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a lot harder to pass. And then, you know, a lot of pressure a lot of unwanted interceptions or things like that that are get, eventually get forced later in the game, even though that happened in the first half of the game against uh, the Vikings. They were still able to bounce back. And it was, it was, it was basically because the defense, you know, and it's a role right into going to the defensive players and their stats. You know, Blake Martinez, tackling machine of the year, eight tackles for a solo, but Jerry Smith just uh, solidifying. Uh, it, remind me, did he get to the Pro Bowl? Did he get selected? Or it was, was it Darius? Yeah. No, he didn't. Darn it. I know, so, dude. Only, only Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari. 
Yeah, that's right. So there is for me. Before this game, I thought he was a Pro Bowl. Two weeks ago, I was like, this guy, him and Preston, going to Pro Bowl, but somehow got snubbed. But most like, most likely, like I mentioned, how the Pro Bowl works for most guys. We talked about Aaron Jones last week. Maybe Jadarius and Preston are there next year. But he had seven tackles, six solo, three and a half sacks, and also five and a half tackles for losses, which is which is huge because that offense with Jadarius, he pretty much kept him behind the line of scrimmage. Kevin King. Had uh, four tackles and, and the one interception that, that was big towards the end. And then I bring up special teams all the time because I was a special teamer. That's where my career got started. So J.K. Scott averages 46.8 yeah. per point. Yeah. Man, that's big time. Hey, man, I, I have to ask you something, dude. When when, so, I mean, you brought up, you alluded to the Pro Bowl and Zadarius Smith. What were, you, were you a four-time Pro Bowler? Yeah, so four-time Pro Bowler. Was that something that, that meant a lot to you, or is that something that was just like – added bonus did you care about it like what what was the vibe on a pro bowl when you made one versus possibly getting snubbed of one um so when i fin when I, the next year in 01 when i made it it was a great feeling because it was something that from a team aspect and just a i say individual aspect you look at it as i earned my respect the respect of my peers so everybody that i played against this season and and the seasons to come after that I got the respect, the linebackers from Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Detroit Lions, and then any team that I faced that season, they got put on notice who I am. And the year before, it, it kind of created the path for 01 and 02, 03, 04 because of the way I played. So that was – the biggest thing was just knowing that I had the respect to the players that yeah. I played against. You know, so, guys like Derrick Brooks, you know, I had his respect. I had his attention. John Lynch, um, trying to think, Minnesota linebackers, uh, Morris, uh, Chris Claiborne. That also was a lion. So I had those guys on notice. And, and trust me, I, I would get, you know, notice or I'd get a text or for, I remember my first year, well, after my first year going to Pro Bowl, we had a linebacker by the name of Brian Williams that was on the roster here in Green Bay. In 01, he became a, uh, a lion. <laughs> and he texted me a week before asking me, hey, AG, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. So we got, of course, it's Lions League, and he's like asking me, Hey, how's your ankle or my your knee or whatever? Are you playing? I was like, uh, yeah, I'm playing. And if I wasn't, I wouldn't tell you either. What either <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> you know, it's like he's trying to trying to you know gauge the temperature of my injury and see where I'm at if I'm a player. It's or like not. insider you know, trading, like, Amon. Come on, what's right. you doing? He wanted that insider trading, and I'm like, I'm not giving it to him. I'm like, no, dude, you got you got to find out. Just know I'm playing. Yeah, well, like, you're an all-terrain running back, Amon. You're unstoppable, dude. Exactly. I said, look, Brian, just have your A game ready. He's like, dang. <laughs> Come like, on. You're not going to like, give me nothing? I'm like, no. You got to earn You got to earn this win. So, Amon, what, be out what would you rather have, a, being a pro bowler? or you? I mean, you were a first-team all-pro or a, an NFC Offensive Player of the Year in 2003 as well, correct? So, I mean, what was the biggest correct. honor for you, the, the pro bowl, the first-team all-pro, or the NFC Offensive Player of the Year? Oh, man, all of that. Like, because the Pro Bowl, when it first happened, and, and then every year it was just new and knowing that I was doing the right thing, getting my body ready for the regular season, and then my offense alignment and my team just working around me, you know, us reciprocating to one another, <clears throat> you know, with the run game that helped out Brett and the pass games and the, and the wide receivers and vice versa. You know, when the wide receivers were on point and I was kind of slow to start and it got me going in the second half. Or if I didn't have a big game, at least I did my job to protect the quarterback, pick up blitzes, catch the passes out of the backfield that they needed me to do. Hey. So the, I looked at it as more of a team effort. But then when the, in 2003 when the NFC Offensive Player of the Year came, that was like, wow. You know, I really felt like, I mean, I was humbled. 
You know, I was that's not my goal. That wasn't my goal my, every year. My goal is basically win the division and get to the Super Bowl. We got close a few times there, had good playoff runs, but it was something more like, wow, it's really I really got grabbed the attention of a lot of people in the league by getting that in 2003. Yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. This is the Amon Green show. So, Amon, I want to go back to that Vikings game really quick. I mean, yeah. Aaron, starting that game, Aaron Jones fumbles the ball, coughs it up. Um, yeah. What is that? What goes through your mind in a big game like that when you know you got the NFC North on the line and you just and you make a big mistake like that early on in the game? And you know, right. everyone does your quarterback get upset with you? Does he say anything, or is it just all right? We know the plan. Let's go out there and get after it again. Like what? What happens when a big moment like that goes down early on in a big game? Well, yeah, and then we had Devontae Adams too, big reception at yeah. the middle, then poked out by Hunter uh, Harrison Smith. So that mindset and what the quarterback should say, I'm pretty sure Aaron said in the huddle, hey, hey, it's early in the game. We got to forget about it. Move on to the next play. And uh, just know not to do it again. It's just You got to keep it positive because you don't want none of your – you don't want to put your teammates in the, in the tank. You want to keep them in the game because you lose your teammate by yelling at them, you're degrading them. Some coaches do it. They lose their players by doing that at a crucial time. And then you lose your – you don't want to lose your player for a game. You want to make sure you let them know, hey, you got to move on to the next play. You know, you worked your hard – you know, you didn't. We know we didn't. You didn't do it on purpose. You know, grabbing, a, having the ball, and it, it get poked out. Those defenders are trained. They practice it every day to poke out the ball, and that's their job. So now, just go to the next play because we're in hostile territory on the road, and we got to win somewhere that's hard to win. They hadn't run one, but the factors, I say, the variables that was going in the game was the guy, like I mentioned, Kirk Cousins hadn't won uh, on a Monday night matchup, and then hadn't won, in, in my opinion, hadn't won big games that he he should win as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then going into Kirk Cousins, his stats was 16 for 31, 122 yards, one touchdown, and an INT. He was that, he was roughed up five times by the Darius and, and crew. And then Matt Boone, who replaced Delvin Cook, only had 11 carries, 28 yards. So he was much, wasn't much of a factor. And Stephon Dick stepped up, three receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. And Adam Thielen still, I think, recovering from the injury, trying to get in the flow, really didn't do much at all. And then McKenzie Alexander for defense for them, 11 tackles, 9 solo. And Anthony Harris, who had a nice pick early in the first quarter against uh, Aaron, had the one pick. And that was that. That was it for them um, at, at that point in terms of big plays going down the field. But then scoring plays, it was all, it was all field goals other than a touchdown in the second quarter. For, in the first quarter, we had a field goal. Um, they traded field goals, as we called, a, a, a one and one there. And Dan Bailey, 23-yarder, and Mason Crosby, 42-yarder. Uh, then second quarter, Minnesota gets on the board with Stephon Diggs, 21-yard reception from Kirk Cousins. And then two more field goals to end in the middle of the half, the seven minutes ago, like Calvin Carson, the 33 yards. And then in the, in the first half, another field goal for 19 yards. So that right there, you know, they're still there. They're on the road. They're within striking distance. And that's where you want to be going in the second half because then now – you can make all the adjustments. And the biggest thing watching the game is, you know, you watched it. You saw that Kirk Cousins was getting – you could start to see the pressure getting to him. The linemen weren't quite holding their block long enough. And then with the run game, with Delvin Cook not in for Minnesota, you saw the world of difference, what that does to a team. So him not in that game, the defense doesn't have to really focus on him you know, in terms of screens, in terms of run plays. And we know how explosive he is. So we know we would have got one or two explosive plays or how fast he is you know we didn't see that they didn't have it so that's where the adjustments for the Packers coaches was a little bit more easier than it was here back in September when Delvin had over 100 yards rushing and Kirk Cousins did what he did in the, in the run in the past game 
So come out third quarter, Aaron Jones, 12-yard run, um, two-point uh, two uh, conversion converted by uh, uh, Geronimo Allison. And then the big run I like off the left side. Nice, patient. He took his time getting through the hole and let his linemen and his wide receivers and tight ends get to their run fit and was able to, once he hit the edge, I knew, I knew 33 was out. It's gone. He was out there. He was gone. He was touchdown. I just I don't like the high stepping at the end, just getting the end zone. You don't like the high stepping them on? I don't I mean just getting the end zone. Well, I don't I mean, All right, what's worse, the high stepping Aaron Jones this. high stepping or Jamal Williams dancing? Hey, Sam, I'll say this. I would rather the high step than the waving he did in Dallas <laughs> earlier this year. Hey, Mark, can, he we, can we dive into uh, it and talk about it coming up here? We got up against the break here. I also got some questions from Twitter coming in for you as well, my man. Yes, sir. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we're back with Amon Green, Packers all-time leading rusher. Amon, what's up, dude? Let's go. Man, nothing much. Ebo, hey, I like the energy there. Getting hyped. It's you know, Friday, so Amon. You got to be hyped up. It's Friday. We ain't got no jobs. You ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Amon. Everybody know who that is? Shout it out. <laughs> Come on, Craig. Come on, Craig. Come on, Craig. Amon, I got two questions for you real quick off of Twitter. You want want to field some? Yeah, go right. Let's go. right, so uh, the King King RXX, Rory, says, we just saw the return of Marshawn Lynch to the NFL. What would it take for Amon Green to return? A phone call from any NFL team. That's it? I would say a playoff-bound team right now. (laughs) So Green Bay, uh, Seattle. San Francisco, Minnesota. I just need a phone call. I'm, I'm game ready. Question, are you in playing shape, Amon? Because when you come into the studio, I see you. You're like yoked out of your mind. Are you in playing yeah. shape, though? I'm game ready. I'm game ready. If they need me for a few plays here and there, because that's what they'll use me for. Uh, Marshawn, he's going to have a bigger uh, job description coming at him. But uh, I know I could come in right now if the team needed me. Dude, you are, like, insanely yoked, Amon. I don't, what's your workout routine anyways? Man, I'm doing a powerlifting workout routine, working on uh, my squat, my bench, and my deadlift, trying to get it back to where it was a year ago. I'm around three something now. I want to get it back over 400 pounds in each department. So Judas. that is what I'm doing. Amon, and, I got a question uh, for you. Do you see Marshawn Lynch getting more than 10 carries this upcoming week? Um, I'm not. Sh- is he even playing? That's the first question. I think he's supposed to be playing. I think he like has okay. to. The Seahawks have like no running yeah, backs. He, he's he's <laughs> under contract for one game. He's making sixty well, grand for one game. I just thinking that usually when you come back late in the season like this, they you got to sit a game and then you play the next week because they're going in the playoffs. But I would say his first game potentially, I would say yes, I could see him getting ten touches, a few carries, and some receptions because he could do both out of the backfield. He's an all around back like myself, a four down back. That's what we say in the NFL, a four down back. Yeah. Um, so I see that. Yes, I think so, yes, he will get 10 touches on some level or close to 10 touches. So, Amon, he's making 60 large for one game and then whatever he gets in the playoffs, and then he's also getting revenue share for two T-shirts, two slogans he has. So would AG30 just t- take a phone call? Is that all he needs, yeah. like a phone call? That's all I need, man. Uh, I, mean, hey, uh, I know, I I know love Seattle loves uh, Beast Mode. They – I went there a couple of years ago. I did a military esports event at the Seahawks facility. I mean, they loved him so much they, that one of his, his uncle worked for the Seahawks. Really? So for him to come back for me is no surprise. Pete Carroll will be the one coach I, I believe and know that he would give me a phone call if he needed me, if he knew I would play. Uh, 
to get him out there because he's a guy, he's a player's coach. That's why they've been so successful over the years. I mean, you got to remember his time at USC, what he did there, three, two or three national titles, two or three Heisman Trophy winners, and then he had a skedaddle because the NCAA was coming for him. <laughs> but uh, but he earned his time through the NFL because you remember during the 90s and yep. um, late 90s, he was getting his butt kicked. He was a Jets coach, <laughs> but he, he – that was him paying his dues as a coach, and he just came up through the ranks and then got to USC and then eventually Seattle and then all the kids that he had at USC or recruited when he was in college with, where he was able to draft later. And that's why the Seahawks have been what they have been over the last 10-plus years and another chance to get their nice little playoff run. But we'll see where it goes, just like we're finding out. We're going to find out how far the Packers go, you know, here in the next coming weeks. But uh, from, the, from this uh, Vikings game, they – from the stat standpoint, kind of win against, you know, in terms of my belief of how to win the game, the one turnover battle, they, they, they lost. But with everything else, 22 first downs to Minnesota seven, 383 yards to Minnesota's 139 yards. And then they tripled uh, Minnesota's rushing game from 184 to 57 yards. So, and then time of possession, they led them by 15 minutes. They had the ball 15 minutes longer. So basically one quarter longer than the Vikings did. 37 minutes, 30, 32 seconds, and 20 to 22 minutes is just crazy. So that right there kind of go went against me, but you saw how Green Bay's defense played. You know, Zadarius Smith um, is the focus there, but he put that pressure, stopped the run game. The run game wasn't there. And then Kirk Cousins just looked flustered. He looked like a guy trying to figure out. He's made, he was making business decisions. I explained that to you last yep, year. Yep. A guy making business decisions. In the NFL game or NBA game, it's not a guy trying to win the game. He's trying to trying to find. So I say he's trying to survive out there. Basically, he didn't know what to do because Darius Blake and them defenders, you know, Kevin and all them, just running around making big plays, making big hits, and doing what they did to keep uh, uh, Minnesota out of his zone. They only scored ten points at home, a place that they were solid at all year long. But in this game, they look like a Newberry. A baby born a calf where he looked like he barely walked. So. <laughs> Amon, I normally don't give up my sources, but I've been. Uh, I heard some rumors that you were a finalist to get that call from the Seahawks because they were looking for uh, former Seahawk players. It right. came down to Marshawn Lynch, Amon Green, and Eddie Lacy. And I heard the only reason they went with Marshawn Lynch is because he knew the playbook a little bit better, and they couldn't find okay. Eddie Lacy. He was stuck. Oh. He was stuck at a buffet somewhere. Oh man, be nice, Nelly. Be nice, man. He, man, he had a rough go at it, man, on the way out. I just say that he had a rough go at it. Be nice on Eddie, but I appreciate that. Whoever that that your secret source is over there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I don't know the playbook, but it's a West Coast variation. I think I would have figured out. I, I believe. I know. Come on, you I don't need to know the playbook. Me. They just gotta hand you the rock. You're benching and True. squatting over 400 pounds. You'll just run through somebody. Come on. Yeah, the run game is the run game. It does inside zone, the outside zone doesn't change much. You I just could, find a hole and you plow through it. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. But yeah. I don't want to kill my lineman day one. <laughs> hey, Amon, uh, we got to take a little quick two-minute break here. Uh, we got to stick around and uh, look at the Lions coming up, and I got to get your take on Rise of Skywalker as well. I also have one more uh, video game question from Twitter for you as well, my friend. All right, great. Sounds All right. good. We'll be right Thanks back. It's the Amon Green Show. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we're back. 
The last half of the Amon Green Show. AG30 in the house. Amon. Yeah. All right. We have a... All right. Do your thing. Do your thing. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. no. I was saying you got some Twitter questions, right? Yeah. yeah, You read my mind. That's right where I was going. All right. So, Amon, this one's right up your alley. You were, you know, alluding to some esports stuff. And what is one of your favorite... Is your favorite sports memory walking out on the esports stage? Um... So far for twenty for two, 2019, yes. Back in January of this year, I went down to the St. Louis of uh, Halo event, the Halo Classic in St. Louis, Missouri, and I was there for about this is day one. I was there for about two hours, and within the two hours, everybody started. It's some football fans that play Halo, and I noticed that they started to recognize me, and I said, and some of them were from me being playing football, and then some recognized me from being on Twitch for the last three four years. So. That was like very great experience, very humbling experience to say to, to learn that the fans kind of know me by sight too, because you know gamers. There's I'm like I'm at the bottom of the toilet pole in terms of gaming and gamers and who's a who who's a who, the who who of a video game. So just coming out on that stage day one to talk about uh, who won the last match between uh, Optic Gaming and the team they played against was very cool. Hanging out with. Um, some of the shoutcasters that was there, a lot of them, a few of them I had already met in the last couple of years. So it was just a great experience for my 2019, hope 2020 to be a lot better, a lot more exciting coming up. Oman, oh, I mean, you may be at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the gaming side of things, but with those right. gamers, you're top of the totem pole when it comes to an arm wrestling competition. <laughs> yeah. I think I you think can I, take I, any I, of those guys. <laughs> I, I, I do pretty good. You know, holding the joystick in your hand doesn't really build muscle tone, doesn't build strength. You know, it builds. I say uh, it builds uh, dexterity, quickness, and you can I take it down with your pinky. With your, uh, your agility with your thumbs and your index fingers and all that, and all your fingers. So. Come on, you can take it down with just your pinky finger. Anyway, I bring up the esports thing because Ob <laughs> Ob tweets and he says, "If you could play, if you could only play three video games for the rest of your life, what would they be?" Oh, uh, I already know two. Two would be one. One would be Halo, uh, Halo Five Guardians, and the other one would be Madden. Um, the third game, what would I play for the rest of my life? Probably Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because right now it's going to take the rest of my life to beat that game. <laughs> on, I've been playing that for months. I can't beat it. <laughs> I've been playing that dang game. It's so long. I finished, I finished Jedi Order in like a week. I still ha- I've had, I have, I've had Assassin's Creed Odyssey since February of 2019. <laughs> I haven't even cracked the end. I'm not even at the what they call the, the the peak of that iceberg yet the tip of the iceberg. I know it's forever. I've been in that game forever. It takes forever, man. So Amon, before I get your, I want to get your review of Rise of Skywalker too. But before that, Packers got a big game. Well, is it a big game? They've already clinched the NFC North. They're going against a guy named was it Jeff Blau? I always forget his first name. Blau. David. David yeah. Blau. Sorry, David Blau. Amon, right. like when you have when you got the division locked up, and I mean. Obviously, home field advantage is on their mind because mm-hmm. they need to win, and also the Seahawks need to beat the Niners to get that bot or to get the home field advantage all the way through. Yada yada right. yada. What goes through your head in Week 17 against the lowly Lions? Well, you kick their butt. That's what, that's basically what's going through your head. I mean, well, I'll talk about it later in terms of keys to victory. But yeah, the the, the guys are North NFC North Divisional champs. They're nine and two in the division in terms of the NFC as a whole. But you got there's some other tiebreakers out there that I didn't even know existed, Ebo and uh, and Nelly. Check this out. So the Packers win the break over New Orleans based on win best win percentage in the conference. But Chicago 
wins the break over Dallas based on the head-to-head win percentage. And also, Chicago wins the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay based on best win percentage in conference games. So the Bears somehow still have – they're like on – it's like on Call of Duty when you have that uh, – what's that one – you got that one perk where you die and then you toss a grenade out as you're dying. That's what they're right now. They're, they're pretty much in that situation where they're dead in the water, but they just got one last little grenade. They'll just drop out their back pocket or out the, flick it out to the side and, and then kill the guy who just killed them. And that, that happens to me a lot playing on Call of Duty. So that that's crazy. Um, so, but as a Packer player right now, so your mindset is destroy. Don't let them breathe. Don't let them gain an inch. The Lions. Don't let them do nothing. Because if you let that crowd, it's just like Minnesota. If they get going, if they get hot, then that crowd's going to get in the game. Because a player, a Lions player is thinking this. You know what? We out, we've been out for a long time. You know, we've been planning our vacation in Florida, Texas, or the Bahamas for a long time. We're 3-11. and 11. You know what? Let's send the Packers to the playoffs with a black eye. You know, I've been in this position a few times as a player in the NFL. And the mindset was, you know what, let's limp, make y'all limp to the playoffs. Y'all got to go to a party. We're not, we didn't get invited to the prom. We don't have no date. It's all good. We're going we gonna to make your date and you have both black eyes before y'all go to the dance. So that's what the Lions are thinking. We're like, we're going to make y'all, we're going to give it to y'all. So the Green Bay Packers, don't give them that chance. Shut them down early. Start fast because they started fast in Minnesota. They started very fast. Just the turnovers kind of slowed them up. They had three field goals, so nine points on the board, which was still a good situation. But don't let the Lions do the same thing. I mean, they have some players that can make plays still on the field in terms of Galladay, the wide receiver. Um, defensively, they actually got everybody on defense. It's just the offense, you know, and the injuries there to Matt Stafford, um, the carry-on Johnson. Those are the key positions that help balance that offense that now, you know, as the force is balanced now because if you saw Ryder Skywalker, it's, uh, it's all done. But their offense doesn't have balance. They don't have a run. They don't have a pass game. They don't have a run game either. It's all defense, and so that's lopsided, and that's why they're three eleven and one. Um, so talking about injuries, Green Bay, Corey Lindsey, we got a lot of guys that are questionable. Jamal Williams questionable with a shoulder. He didn't practice on Thursday. Alan Lazar also questionable with an ankle. He didn't. He was limited on Thursday. Danny Patel fullback. He had a knee. He didn't practice. Kenny Clark an ankle. He was limited practice. And in Detroit, they got Ashawn Robinson. Rick Wagner and Steve Longa, all questionable. But Tavian Wilson, safety, is limited practice with a hamstring. And then De- Devon Kennard, linebacker, questionable with the shoulder. And he was also limited practice. So the game, you know, like we, so talking now, getting into this Detroit game, is will they show up? Is The question is, can they show up? Because they just got, they just decimated with injuries and people, like we said, that we barely know and Blau, the quarterback. We don't know his stats. We don't know what he did, but he's going he's gonna to start. You know, he's, I say one thing, you know, reading up on him, he's confident in what he has to do. Um, and I think any player have, has to have that confidence being in his position. But really, it's, uh, it's a very low percentage of him, you know, to win the game. So it's going to be interesting having a guy with very little NFL experience coming on that field to play against a team that wants to still solidify home field advantage for in terms of the Packers going into Week 17. Come on, if there's one thing I know about David Blau, it's the fact that I saw him lose last year to probably the worst Badger team I've watched in a decade. <laughs> wow. And that's not a joke. 
Yeah, what, wow. was that, what was the score of that Purdue game? Uh, Wisconsin won in overtime like 44 to 41. 47 to 44. So Nelly's, Nelly's all, full of all kinds of compliments today from Eddie Lacy getting lost at, uh, at a buffet and David Blau and Alex Hornibrook. Come on. What do you, I'm, yeah. <clears throat> I'm telling hey. you, you got to go back and look at David Blau's first quarter stats on the Thanksgiving game against the Bears and then look at every single game since. Stinky. That hasn't been good. That hasn't been good. Amon, yeah. I have to ask you, dude. Are you, I, I'm yeah. sorry, were you done with Blau? I was going to ask you another question. No. That, um, no, I'm done. Yeah, what's up? In the rundown that you sent me, I was very intrigued on this question that you had. Will the referees have influence in this end-of-the-season matchup? What, yeah. What, yeah. what did you mean by that? Have you ever been in a little at a game where you had to question what a referee had done? Well, you got to yeah. – oh, yeah. I've been in games where it's questionable calls you know, in terms of fumbles and replays, uh, say spot of the ball. You know, a guy goes out at the at the two-yard line, they spot it, you know, they or they give him a first down on the on the re-spot, things of that nature. I'm just going back to game one against the Lions, you know, because you go back to that game, Detroit Lions was leading that game. They actually, you know, with Matt Stafford playing, they had a better, um, I'd say, situation to win that game, and they're actually in a point to win. But then it was a penalty by one of their defenders with a hands to the face late in that game that gave uh, Green Bay the field position to kick a field goal. And then later on, uh, that penalty also got them into a better – I'd say that – then it was, you know, the next drive. They were able to get the ball into a kicking range for Mason, uh, Mason Crosby to kick the game-winning field goal. So those, you know, things like that, you don't want – the Packers don't want that to be the factor to get this win. They just want to go in there and shut the, shut the door right away on these guys because we know – if you play good, you should. You play in a game, you should win. You play well enough, then you don't have to worry about it. But you don't want to play to a point where you're leaving it in the hands of the referees. You guys, we all listening in, played sports. That's one thing as a player, don't matter the sport. You don't want to leave the game into the referee. Once you do that, then really the game's out of your control. And you're to the mercy of what whatever they have to make a judgment on call. If you go this year, you know, in my opinion, this year, ref, NFL referees had it rough mm-hmm. in terms of decision-making on certain calls throughout the season, not just in Packer games, but throughout the NFL. So, so that's, why I put that, that's why I put that question. Gotcha. There. Amon, have you ever been, you know, I'm sure you have, like how much can you, can you I don't want to say smack talk, but how much talk can you get away with to a referee? Can you, like, can you chirp them a little bit? Like what, what's the etiquette on a professional field with the referees? What you got to do in, a, in any ref at any level, from the high school all the way up, and it doesn't matter the sport, you got to sweet talk them. You got to <laughs> make them your bro, okay, or your or your home or your or your home girl. Can you bribe them? Can you be like, yo, you after no, this game, you I'll get you, I'll no. get you an Xbox or a PlayStation Four. <laughs> you can't bribe them, but you got to bribe them with. Uh, you got to kill them with kindness. Yeah. You got to kill them with kindness, because um, if you. For one, if you bribe them, you're going to jail. If they find out. <laughs> let's, just, let's just take the facts, okay? Well, you got to make sure that they're like, keep a secret. You'd be like, yo, if you don't no. say anything, I'll get you like a like a something you something nice. You know how they do the pregame? When you see the coaches talking to the ref. That's a smart coach. <laughs> that is a smart coach. Like if you go to the referee, ask, hey, how you doing? My name is Amon. What's your name? I mean, get their name because they because everybody, you know, those referees are very on. You know, they're on defense mode. Because they're they're looked at most of the time. Once the ball is kicked off, they looked at as the bad guy. You know, they're just as the opposing team as the opposing team. Yeah. Um. So nobody really thinks kindly or even speaks kindly of a referee. <laughs> so for them, they're already on defense mode. So, so you gotta be their friend. Defense. Be their friend. Be their friend. Yeah. 
Hey, man, I'm a mom. What's your name? Oh, what's up, Jake? How you doing, Jake? Or Melissa, how you doing? You, you ever know? say, like, man, it's that was a really good them. call. That was a great call. I appreciate that. Right. You know, give kudos to them. Give You know, build them up. So then when that time comes in the game, they got to make a call. And they'll remember that conversation pregame. Trust me. Because hey. they probably have a lot of friends. I remember watching a, a Brett Favre mic'd up video where Brett Favre went up to the referee and goes, who's the head ref today? Yeah, how about he takes two weeks off, then quit? You ever, who, who chirped the most at refs when you were playing? Uh, probably the quarterback. So Favre? Brett, Brett did. Uh, and I see Aaron, he, chat, he talks. But I think quarterbacks do it because they, they're, they're, you know, they're, they know how it work, can work into their favor. Yeah. Offensive linemen, you know, my guys did it. Mike Flanagan, Marco Rivera, <clears throat> they always got in the ref, ref ears saying, hey, watch this guy. He's poking, he's poking me in my eye or, or <laughs> he's holding me on the ET stunt, things of that nature. So, you know, those those were the guys that pointed out stuff. And or the coaches too. They'll always get really animated um during the game, during pregame, let them guys know. They'll let players know. I know one coach did something. I found out later. Uh when we, the first time we played against the Seahawks in my career here in Lambeau, uh Mike Holmgren was the head coach and uh you know, I wore the I wore the sleeve, you know. Yeah. And he went to one of the, I found out after the game that he went to one of the refs to ask the ref to watch number 30 because I think he has like stick them. He, so he thought I was doing like the old Fred Bolitnikoff stick them on my forearms to help make sure I don't fumble the ball. Because you remember, he, he coined me as a fumbler yep. why I got traded here. So he was trying to basically get in the ref's head um, about it. And they'll check. So they, you know, they came up to me. They did. They did come. I remember no way. in pregame, they came up to me and patted down my. They looked at my uh, forearm pads, and I'm like, really? So that really got me going for that game. You know, I was lit. I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to kill these boys. I'm already going. <laughs> I'm gonna get them. Amon, what but was I'm the? Gonna kill them. I'm gonna bring them back to life like a zombie and kill them again. Double <laughs> you know? What it's was like, the meanest thing you've ever said to a ref? I feel like it was like thing. sorry. Yeah, Mon's not a mean guy though. That's no, nah, no. Nah. Like I'm, I'm quiet. I'm a silent assassin in the field, man. I didn't, I didn't, I knew I couldn't really say much other than like, you know, good call or I think I, I think the me, I never said nothing mean. I actually, I hand a, I was one of them players. I pick up the flag, hand the referee his flag that he just thrown, even if it was on me or our teammate, one of my teammates. I could see so you I going up there, Mon, and be like, you know, sir, I disagree with the call, but I respect it. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> That's if the I had any thing. conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be that would be me. It's been a little different as a high school coach where I almost I almost got a flag thrown this past season. Almost I was just Didn't. almost question. I almost because I was asked the question because it was a you know, it's a hit, it's a questionable hit that one of our players laid one of the opposing team players out. Yeah. It was our safe safety, blew him up, and the referee threw a flag saying he was a defensive player. Uh thank you for the follow. PayPal warrior here on Twitch. Or sub, actually, sub. Yeah. So, I... Uh, hey, man, how about we like take a quick... The, I, oh, sorry. I was in the ref's face and was, like, just asking the question, why is that a flag? And he's just looking at me, about to throw the flag, and I'm like, no, let me shut up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me not say anything. Hey, Amon, <laughs> let's take a quick break, man, and uh, look at your keys to victory and hear your uh, Rise of Skywalker review. What do you say? Yes. Yes, right. indeed. This is I'll the Amon Green Show. We're coming right back. This is the Amon Green Show. Brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we're back with Amon Green. Amon, let's finish strong, my man. Yeah, let's do this. So, you know, we talked about Detroit's quarterback, Lynn Blau and David Blau. Um, Aaron Jones approaching my record 
real quick. You know, he's had 19 rushing touchdowns. So for me, like I said, it's a it's a well earned stat because you know stats are more like the icing on the cake in a in a in a, in a career. Um, the main thing, the main cake, the part of the cake you want is that Super Bowl ring. Period. Point blank. And then everything else is secondary. If you get Pro Bowls, you get rushing titles, you get touchdown title, you know, uh, amount. That is all bonus. You want the ring for the Super Bowl. Um, I'll say for Aaron Jones. So, again, he'll probably get it here this coming game. Detroit defense is probably the only good thing for him, but they're out on that field too long. Um, the only one bright spot for them is Kenny Galladay, actually one of my receivers on my fantasy league, which I finished fifth in this year. Uh, but Galladay has is, uh, is the NFL leader with 11 touchdown receptions. It was actually a surprise that knowing that his starting quarterback is out for the rest uh, has been out for the rest of the season. So keys to victory: start fast. So up tempo offense. Take I mentioned already. Take the crowd out of the game, and win. I mean, I'll say this every game is win the turnover. Actually, win the turnover battle this time. But the you know the way the defense played against the Vikings and the way Kirk Cousins played, that wasn't a factor. It didn't really matter how many times they gave the ball up. They gave it the ball. I said, if you give the ball up, do it in the first half like they did. Three turnovers in the first half a play and then nothing in the second half nothing but touchdowns and and sacks and turnovers created on their end and then right away don't give the lions no hope to win you know don't give him that them that inch because they'll take it they're the motor city they they want to make sure that they can try to create the next line of mustangs and that's all you know let them be look forward to that that's it not trying to win a game to put the um Another win on their record, and the, the Packers go to the playoffs with a loss. You know, don't don't give them that opportunity. So my pick, real easy and uh, confidently, it'll be Green Bay over the Lions this Sunday. And uh, those boys continue have to play hard. Uh, hope Matt Lafleur has a, a good game plan. You got to put your foot in this one, Matt, because your team. There's players sometimes that want to check out early. They want to get ahead and say, "Hey, I want to put it on cruise control." And you can't do that. You got to play all four quarters. All right, Amon, I I couldn't agree more on that one. All right, here it is. Try to be as spoiler-free as you possibly can. Uh, I saw Rise of Skywalker on Christmas Day, and I'm still thinking about it, but I I think I've formulated a good enough opinion on it. What is Amon Green's official review of the final installment of the Skywalker saga, Rise of Skywalker? In my opinion, the way the movie should have ended to end the saga. They hit... For me, they hit all the key points. They brought up key characters. They gave you information. And so what I thought as a kid from the moment I saw uh, episode four and then later on in life in 1999, Phantom Menace, episode one, you know, having and seeing and watching and from the cartoons from Star Wars Rebels to Droid to the Clone Wars that was on the cartoon side of it that you didn't see in theaters. They covered all J.J. Abrams and crew, Kathleen Kennedy and crew. They did. They put their foot in it. This is the way I hoped that Star Wars saga would end, and I'm happy. And I'm if I die today, I'm a, I'm a happy man <laughs> that that it did. Because even at the end, you know, you see the big fight scene at the end. It's just everybody. All the things were hit. Um, it just it was great. That's all I can say. It's a beautiful looking like, movie. Beautiful movie, special effects, you know, CGI, acting, characters that people that, just, you know, did their job as an actor, director, producer, um, screenwriter, 
it was all there. Um, what would you give course, it out of 10? I would give it, man, I'm giving it a 10 plus if I can. Really? I'm giving it a 10 plus because this was, you got to think about this whole, the whole body of work. This is almost <laughs> like an NFL career, a base, or just say Major League Baseball career because this is over 40 years. This was over 40 long years time. of planning. Over 40 years of planning for George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, and all the other directors and writers in between from the time George Lucas had this in the notebook back in the early 70s. He brought it to concept, brought it to, to um, the studio. And now, I mean, he has his own studio out of it. You know, people go to his home to sound check movies. It's called, you know, Lucasfilm. And so he created other jobs. And the great part of this about this is he created other jobs for other people in the world that just were Star Wars fans. I remember looking at a um, Game Informer magazine a few years ago, right before uh, Last Jedi came out, and it was a page dedicated to if you wanted to work at Star Wars. You had to have no high school education, no college degree. You just had to be a Star Wars fan. You had to love the name, love Star Wars and have knowledge of, of the Force, <laughs> basically, to be an intern to work for um, Lucas, Lucas Arts and Walt Disney to get into where they are now for planning for this movie to end the saga, but then all the other fun stuff they're doing down at Disneyland and Florida and Los Angeles and around the world. They have the Star Wars hotel, you know? Yeah. Uh, final final question for Amon Green then on so Star Wars. Great. If you had your choice, would you be a Jedi or a Sith? And what color would your lightsaber be? Oh, I already got that answer. I'd be a Jedi. And have a blue uh, lightsaber. That's already done. That's I mean, that was easy. That didn't take yeah, anything I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting forever for somebody to ask me that question. I will be a Jedi because <laughs> I got to bring the guys because they're they're healers. They're yep. natural. You know, they're not actually fighters. You know, they only know the ways of the lightsaber and the Force to protect and defend against the dark side, the villainy that is out there in the universe. So they're really. They want to heal places. As you saw, if you once you watch the movie, you'll see what what Ray does and what what Kylo can do that we never really seen from other Jedi. We never seen the other Jedi do some of the things yep. that they've done. Oh. In this movie. So check it out. Nelson's beaming ear to ear. He's got to ask you something. No, it, all right. It's not really. I don't have a question. It's just more of a statement. Aman, I'm glad we can finally get on board with a Star Wars opinion. All I'm right. glad to see it finally end. <laughs> oh. Nelly, <laughs> man, were you on? You, you must have got some cold in your shoes. Yeah. I think uh, he, he was either got, was dropped on his head a bunch when he was a kid, or he got a bunch of coal. I'm on. I'm not sure what it is. He was not on. He was on the naughty list. That's what he did. He <laughs> hey, Amon, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, it was a hell of a time today. It was good stuff, my brother. Hey, same here, Ebo, Nelly, everybody listening in. Thank you for tuning in to the Amon Green Show, and I believe Ebo and. And Nelly, y'all, I hand it off to you guys for the next couple Look of hours. Look at that, Amon. You're a pro, dude. Hey, you have a good weekend, man. Hey, you too. All right, there he is, Amon Green, AG30.